If you have your Bibles, do turn to Exodus 17, Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16. The title of my message this afternoon is The Great Connect, Exodus 17, verses 8 to 16. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying, a hand upon the throne of God. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amen. It's an amazing story about how Josh, Moses dealt with problems of the Amalekites who came to attack the people of Israel. And so the question for us today is what can we learn from this portion of Scripture? If we read large parts of the Old Testament, you will know that wars, battles, factions between nations and tribes were not uncommon. Israel was used to being physically attacked from others, but these Amakites were a very different group of people. They were vicious, brutal beyond words. They were known as nomads, which meant that they had no permanent place to call home. They lived out in desert regions, and the way that they survived would be attacking one neighboring group of people, killing them, taking control of all of their possessions, everything of any value. And so one day they must have been looking around and thought, well, Israel, that's an easy kill for us. We can win there, easy pickings. And completely unprovoked, without warning, they attacked. As we read in verse 8, then Amalek came and fought with Israel. The Israelites probably had no idea what had happened to them. And that happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? Life challenges come from way out in left field, and we don't know. We weren't expecting it. We weren't anticipating it in our situations, and we can be left reeling from shock, distress, turmoil, looking at the size of our problem and thinking, well, how on earth are we going to cope with this? How on earth are we going to overcome this situation? We can even be tempted to think, well, you know, if I had the faith of Billy Graham, if I had the faith of Martin Luther, I would be able to overcome this challenge. But I want to give us three learning outcomes this afternoon that I believe can help us, strengthen us, uphold us as we overcome our challenges. The first is perspective. So if you're making notes, the first word to write down, I would say, is perspective. Because the first thing that Moses did was put that situation into perspective. And I believe for us, we need to take some time to make practical plans. We read it in verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, choose some for us and go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow. It seems a very sensible thing to do. Those people are out there ready to attack. So the logical thing would be start building resources, start planning in order to defend. 
And so Moses takes Joshua to one side. Joshua, we know, was not just any old military leader. He was the best man for the job. And he made a decision to help him fight that situation. And so a key learning point for us this afternoon is that if we are in a crisis, the lack of making proper plans is not a sign of godliness. It is a sign of spiritual ignorance. The Bible does not endorse or affirm a lack of practical activity as a sign of godliness. We are, because we are all called to take some responsibility in our lives. And that's exactly what Moses did when he faced this attack. He didn't sit around waiting for a thunderbolt from heaven. You know, we sometimes can fall into that situation in our, in our own lives where we just sit back maybe and are a bit not proactive. We are a bit reactive to our situations and we just think, well, let's just pray, leave the rest up to God and expect the situation to work out immediately. But what Moses decided to do in that moment was take action. He sorted out his leaders. He sorted out a strategy. He sorted out his troops. And he got them ready for a counterattack. But we know, don't we, that that's only the first part of verse 9. We go on to read Moses' words in the second half of verse 9. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Now this is where I'm sure a lot of us can relate in this particular situation because Moses was a man of action. And if you looked out over the desert and you saw the enemy there, I would have volunteered to go and stand on a hill nearby and avoid the heat and the center of the battle. And that's often what we can do in our walk with the Lord. He knew that he was facing the might of the Amalites and the, the Amakites, sorry, and the practical planning would be insufficient. And the same applies to each of us today, that when we face a crisis, practical planning alone is not sufficient. We must back it up with fervent prayer. Moses knew that Joshua was a military man and that he, Moses, was a man of prayer. And so he goes off to pray whilst the battle commences. But note this, when Moses says, when Moses goes to pray, he doesn't do it from the front line. He retreats a little bit of distance and he disappears up the hill to pray. And I think that's so important for us today in our walks with God that sometimes we need to remove ourselves slightly from the situation in order to get clear perspective. Because if we want to pray for a solution to problems that we face, we need to be prepared to back off a bit, to try and give ourselves a bit of distance so we can get that proper perspective. Because the secret is praying for a solution in a particular crisis, is having the ability to back away so that we can see things in totality, see things the way God sees them. Standing on the front line in our situations is not always the best response. Standing on a hill some distance away where you can see the whole game plan is often better. And it's a tough and brave call for us today, but I think it's one where if we give ourselves a little bit of space and distance, we can hear the clear, audible voice of God. And so I want to encourage us this afternoon that whatever trial you're facing, whatever the challenges you are facing in your life at the moment, take some time out, withdraw, retreat, Jesus did it often, and it's important for us to do it so that we can gain that proper perspective. But that's perspective. The second example that Moses gives here is he experiences real power when he prays. Amen? 
in verse 11, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. The truth is that there is real power in prayer. Amen? When Christians pray, things happen. It doesn't happen by coincidence. It happens by God incidence. It doesn't happen out of luck that things change, situations change in our lives, but it's when we really press in to that secret pray, place where we're able to pray. But the opposite is also true, isn't it? That when we stop praying, we can often impede God's ability to move and change situations in our lives. We read it in Luke 11. The disciples are saying to Jesus, hey, teach us how to pray. And they were asking him that for one reason, that they had made an immediate and a distinct connection between Jesus' prayer life and the miracles that he was able to perform. And I believe that the same is true for us this afternoon, that as we become men and women of fervent prayer, that when we pray without ceasing, we will see tangible changes in our lives, in our communities, in our schools, in our situations, in situations that we thought couldn't change. God can turn the situation around for his glory. Because the real beauty of this story shows that Moses was a prayer warrior, but he was also vulnerable. He was also weak. We read in verse 12 that his arms got tired, but God had an answer for that, didn't he? Let's read it together. Verse 12, but Moses's hands grew weary, so they took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, and one on the other side. I'm sure there's not a person in the room, me included, on occasions in our lives, our hands have dropped in our prayer life. Maybe we haven't had answers to situations that we wanted answers to, and our hands drop, we get tired, we get discouraged. But I cannot impress upon you guys this afternoon the value of a brother and sister in the Lord, the Aaron and the hers in each of our lives that will help us lift us up, encourage us, stir us, motivate us when things are going pear-shaped in our situation. Because we have two things to remember here in this moment, that if we bring our burdens to God, he will lighten our load. He will give us strength to carry on. Jesus loves each and every one of us so much. He longs for us to turn to him in prayer and to give, us the give him the burdens that we are carrying. But secondly, whatever your cares and your worries are, let me assure you, here in Kensington Temple, there are hundreds of people in this service, there are hundreds of Aaron's and hers in this room. Amen? There are hundreds of men and women that will stand with you in your challenges, that will stand with you in trials, in times of discouragement, when things are going wrong. There are people that are here, your cell members, your cell leaders, the pastoral team, every single person in this room has the ability to, today to be an Aaron and a her. And I found that if we share our problems with each other, we will find a way to connect and find the right support, the right encouragement and strength from people who will love us and accept us just the way we are. And so today we have the opportunity to buy into that love, buy into that acceptance, which is on offer from God and each other. So then when we pray in times of crisis, we get the right perspective we get the right planning for all eventualities. We back that up with serious prayer. We're able to stand with other believers in the community, the Aaron's and the hers who will stand with us. And I find it so significant, the first word on verse 12, when. 
Moses' hands got tired. And so it's almost like this is going to happen if you do it on your own. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed to happen when you do it on your own. And it wasn't just that his hands were tired. His legs were also sufficiently weak that he needed to sit. And he'd probably been standing, standing alone on his own for quite a period of time. And Aaron and her recognized that Moses needed help. How many of us today are in those situations where we need help? And how many of us have a friend, a brother, a sister in the Lord that will stand with us and encourage us in those moments? Do your friends recognize that you're in distress today, that you're being challenged, that things are not as they should be? Because the stone represents the emblem of Christ. That is the one true rock that we need to rest and rely on this afternoon. He alone can sustain you and give you that genuine rest that we all need. He is your strength. He is your support. In him, you are strong. But they held him up, held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Everybody needs friends. Yes? Everybody here needs friends. We need people that will be there to encourage us, to support us, to hold up our hands. And in this moment, we read that Moses was not alone. He was not isolated. He knew that he needed help. And today, we need the Spirit of Christ in us. We need our fellow saints, our fellow soldiers that will stand with us, uphold us, stand, us, stand with us in our times of loneliness and trials. Because in this verse, Aaron represents Christ, his blood, his righteousness, his sacrifice. Through the adversities, he is able to offer us all encouragement this afternoon. Aaron's, hers name represents freedom and victory. That emblem is the Holy Spirit, our great comforter, our great enabler, the guider of all our thoughts and all our actions. He will fill our heart and our mouth with praise and honor for the name of Jesus Christ. And look at how close Aaron and Hur are in this moment. They're so close that they're able to hold up his hands. And that's how close Jesus is to you. That's how close the Holy Spirit is to you. That's how close friends and family are when we exercise our faith. But then at the end, and his hands remained steady until sunset. We know, don't we, that victory was given to Israel. And the same will be given to you. Amen? Victory will be yours in the name of Jesus Christ. But recognize sometimes it's going to take time. It's not an overnight job. Are we willing to be patient this afternoon, friends? Are we willing to allow our strength to be renewed in Jesus to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Our job is like Moses's: Take rest, receive support from Jesus, and continue to trust in him and be connected to those people that God has appointed and placed around you. And above all else, we're called to be dependent on Christ, drawing close to him. That is how and when we get our breakthrough. And when our prayers are answered, the best response is always the th point number three, praise. We read it in verse 13, and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the sword. This was not a temporary victory. This was total victory. And that's what God can do in our lives, in our situations today. But what does God tell Moses to do after this? In verse 14, he tells him, write this as a memorial, some translations say reminder, in a book and recite it. I would encourage every single person in this place, do the same. 
Do the same. Write down in a book, in your diary, your notepad, iPad, whatever you've got. Write down when God answers prayers. Recite the moments where God breaks through, where God delivers, where God brings provision, where God brings victory. Because what is important about living in community is that we share our experiences of God answering our prayers so that we can encourage one another with victories that we have won in our lives. In the darkest hours, we can then remember those victories and be encouraged. And that encouragement leads us to praise God because that's the only appropriate response. We read in verse 15, Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. Answered prayer results in praise and praise builds the kingdom of God this afternoon. So what crisis are we finding ourselves in? What responses do we take when challenges come our way, often unexpected? Because it's important for us to recognize that perspective, power, and praise results in victory. So today we have the opportunity to follow Moses' example. We put our problem into perspective. We experience the power of God. We praise God for his goodness. That is the way that we should live our lives as new creations. Because when we read in verse 16, we read the promise, don't we? The Lord will have war with Amalek from one generation to another. That's God's promise over each of us today. No matter how big your crisis is, no matter the depths of your suffering, God will not allow you to be defeated, ever. He fights for you each and every day in, in the strength and in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the key for us this afternoon is to get connected. That's what Moses did. He connected with God. He connected with Joshua. He connected to who he was and what his strengths were. And he placed his trust in God to bring victory. And that's what I believe God is calling every single one of us to do this afternoon, is to reconnect. The title is The Great Connect. And I believe that God is calling us as a people to connect once again, to get plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, to get plugged into His Word once again, to get plugged into His presence where there is fullness of joy. And there we will experience victory. There we will experience joy over every situation, every challenge. We will live in the victory because that's what God has for us as His children, as His children. And that's what I believe God is wanting to do in every heart and every life here this afternoon. He's wanting us to once again connect to Him. Connect to Him in ways where we retreat from our battles sometimes, to spend time in His presence, to gain perspective, to gain the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that He wants us to have to overcome the challenge. He wants us to experience the power of His presence in every situation in our lives. He wants us to experience us offering up our praise and our worship and our adoration to Him. In every season, He is God. In every season, He is good. Not just praise Him when everything's going well, which is so easy for us to do as Christians. He's wanting us to praise Him whilst we're waiting for the breakthrough, as we're getting the breakthrough, the minute after we get the breakthrough, because He alone is worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration. And that's what I want us to experience today hearts and minds realigned to his promises, realigned to who he is, that we would be Moses, 
in this moment. We'll be proactive in our prayer life. We'll be proactive in taking action. That we won't be super spiritual, if I can use that expression. That we will be men and women of action. Men and women of prayer. That we will see our problems for what they are. and But we will also see God for who he is. That he is able. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? And we will also praise him. Because he's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our thanks. When we get the victory. As we wait for the victory. And after the victory. Because he is Lord. He is Lord over every situation. He is your Prince of Peace. He is your soon coming King. He is your healer, your deliverer, your baptizer. And so we have the opportunity this afternoon to reconnect to him, to get realigned, refocused in what he says we are, in who he says we are, and experience the victory. Not just a temporary victory, by the way. Total, irreversible victory. And that's what God wants to deliver, friends, this afternoon. He wants to deliver you to victory in every situation in your life, permanently, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen?